welcome to First Things First, the weekly podcast where we talk about God, faith, and life in Shallow Water, Texas. Our podcast is a production of First Shallow Water, and you can find more information about our church by clicking on the link in the description of this episode. Thanks for joining us. Here's our pastor, Brad Miles. I'm Brad Miles. I'm the pastor of First Baptist Shallow Water, and I am really excited to welcome, as our special guest this week, Anna Jackson. So uh, Anna is a longtime member of yeah, our church. Long, we won't say how long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like from almost birth, right? Like Yeah, all the way so through. we moved here. We moved to Shallow Water when I was starting first grade. Okay. And so I was baptized here. Right. Like, And this is the insider secret. Yeah. You know, you can still climb up and push up a ceiling panel in the kitchen <laughs> and see the backdrop to the old baptistry. So so sneak, That's good to the, know. Yeah, there's good a tip know. for you there. That, well, I'm going to do that later. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. And I'm glad. Uh, fortunately, I don't think at this point we have a ton of like teenagers listen to our podcast. So <laughs> hopefully that doesn't yeah, won't get out too much. But yeah, we, but, we, yeah. we wouldn't want to be too disruptive. That's right. That. That's right. But you've been so you've been around the church for a long time. Long time. Uh, work in work in education. Mm-hmm. Is that right? So t- uh-huh. talk a little bit about what you do. So I am. My title is like a long title, but it's not <laughs> fancy at all. But I'm the executive director of leadership and professional development okay. for Lubbock. Yes. Um, and I have been doing that, golly, for 22 years Whoa, in Lubbock. Yeah. Um, before that, I was a classroom teacher. Okay. As a classroom teacher, I found I was spending a whole lot of time counseling kids. Yeah. You know, we had, I was doing elementary and I had kids that, man, they just had so many needs. Yeah. So I thought, hey, I'll go back and get that degree. And so I got yeah. my degree in school counseling, school and community counseling, um, became a school counselor. And uh-huh. as a school counselor, I found I was spending a whole lot of time doing administrative stuff. So I thought, well, hey, I'll go back and get that degree. (laughs) So I got my uh, administration certificate. Okay. And um, then it just kind of evolved where all of those pieces rolled together and I started doing behavior programs and coordinating those. Mm -hmm. Uh, In that role, I was doing a lot of professional development. So people kind of pinged me for uh, professional development. And then that's where I have been for the last, oh gosh, um, probably almost 15 years, yeah. about nine years in my current role. Um, but my job is just to help people grow in their jobs uh, yeah. and, and to be effective and make sure that we're meeting the needs of our, our kids. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, Well, I mean, there's a lot of really uh, exciting uh, things that, you know, as you're kind of talking about that, they kind of pop up in my head. You know, I, one of my favorite things to do, I think, and, and I, it's one of my favorite things to do, uh, I'm still learning to be good at it, <laughs> though. I want to be the kind of person who the people that I work with, I'm always, uh, you know, helping them to dream about where it is that God, is, how does God want to use them? What does he want to do in them? And then yeah. really empowering them to be that. You yeah, know? absolutely. And so there's an aspect of your job that's kind of that, right? Where you're right. just helping people achieve to the best of their ability. So. And, and I think a lot of it is, you know, most people have maybe some idea of what their dream is or what they're wanting their end goal to be but maybe they don't know how to put the legs to it to right. make it actually yeah. take place. And so I kind of feel like I'm supposed to be helping people find their legs yes. uh, and getting the supports they need to be successful in, in whatever their calling is. Yeah, that's so great. And at pu- and public education, for oh, crying wow. out loud. Like if there's a group of folks that we really need to be pouring into and you know supporting and resourcing and loving on right now, it's it's public education. Absolutely, so. absolutely. And you know, we could do a whole other podcast on yeah. the, the importance and the value of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, our kids really are our future. And so being, uh, very intentional about what we're pouring into our kids with the love and with the connections and right now with COVID, you know, the social emotional needs of our kids is bigger than it's ever been. And so 
kudos, huge kudos to our educators that are mm-hmm. that are helping stand in those gaps. Yeah, that's great. So yeah, if you're listening to the podcast and you are a teacher, or an administrator, or you're involved in public education in any way, we just want to say how much we appreciate yeah, you. Like, yeah, I love uh, you, mean it. <laughs> what a tough job. Yeah. And, I mean, it's normally a tough job, right? But right. over the past couple of years, it's been like next to impossible, just like yeah. almost overwhelming. Yes. And so, so we just want to say we appreciate you. For sure. So, and it's good to have you as a representative of the Lubbock ISD oh, here you. with us today. That's great. Well, uh, and I have my shallow water ISD connections because okay, my husband, good. Rodney, teaches yeah. at the high school. Okay, that's uh, right. My mom teaches at the elementary. A lot of people don't know that Sarah Maston, the Sarah Maston. Okay. She's <laughs> All right. A legend in my legend, mind. Yeah. yeah, she... Uh, teaches second grade over there, okay. so very much connected to our Shallowater ISD as well. Yeah, family of educators. That's yeah, awesome. yeah, that's awesome. Once Mustang. Once so, Mustang. Oh, yeah, <laughs> no doubt. There's no <laughs> doubt. So, okay, talk a little bit about your family. All right. So, since we brought that up, yeah. t- tell tell everybody a little bit about your family. So, Rodney and I both grew up in Shallowater. Okay. Uh, right. He's much older than I am. <laughs> Um, but, um, he, he is a little bit older than I am. And, um, when I was in eighth grade, he was a freshman in college and he worked at what was then Circle S. Uh, yeah. Now it's Yes Way. Yes. Uh, I think that's what it's it yes is. Way. Yeah, yeah. Yes it, Way. Um, and I had the biggest crush on him uh. ever, <laughs> like the biggest ever. And, and I wasn't the only one. A lot of girls did. Like Rodney was Mr. SHS and right. Mr. You know, football, basketball athlete, yeah, all yeah, around yeah. guy. Um, and I would do the coolest things, you know, to try to get his attention as an eighth grade kid. I'm, he'll probably kill me for telling this story, but I would do things like when he was closing the store at night, I would hide under his truck and grab his ankles. Oh my gosh. Oh my God. That <laughs> you know, is not funny. No, well, I thought it was pretty hysterical, but you know, it's a wonder that I didn't get really hurt, yeah, but, yeah. um, you know, just doing the stupid things that an eighth grader does right. to get a, a older guy's attention. Yeah, yeah. And then kind of um, just went back, you know, uh, kind of moved on to the next big thing. Sure, and, sure. Um, then many years later, we reconnected and, um, you know, it was just meant to be at That's that right. point yeah so um did, no wait did he remember that you were the oh, one yeah. Who okay <laughs> yeah right. and he married me anyway yeah, but you know i'd gotten good. over some my stalker tendencies that's i guess <laughs> so he decided maybe it, it was good. safe after it was all yeah, yeah i had grown up a little bit okay. so he didn't he does still look under his truck yeah i'm sure no. he does i'm sure he does <laughs> um so anyway we got married and we have twin boys sawyer yes. and spencer yep. and they are 21 and oh. uh you know we're in that piece of life where your little boys are becoming men and yep. you're trying to figure out how you let go and oh, you man. really want to hold on yes. but you really got to let go yep. and so proud of them and excited about who they are and what they're doing and you know really fired up about what God has got planned for them sure. um and then just you know trying to reestablish our roles in their lives yeah. and our roles, you know, in church and in school and in all the things without them uh, being as much a part of ours. So kind yeah. of crazy, it is exciting weird. time. It is, yeah. It's really it's, weird. It's really weird because like, we're there too, you know, our oldest is 21 uh-huh. and uh, and at Wayland. And so uh, so it's a strange it is season. So strange. So we, you know, I think I tell people this all the time. I don't know if I've talked to you about this before, but I tell people this all the time, like, one of the most difficult and painful things that you ever do is release your child into yeah. the world. Like, yeah. 
You know, I mean, when you, I think when I was younger and I thought about this moment in my life, I thought about how excited I would be and how happy I would be for mm-hmm. Carson, you know, uh-huh. and, uh, and I think I imagined that. Uh, it, no one prepared me for just the flat out trauma that it is. Yeah. Like it, it is traumatic. It's, it's almost, it's it, not to this level, but it's almost like losing a child, right? Because you, yeah. they, they're becoming their own person. They're doing their own thing and you're not as much a part of their life right. as you were. And uh, uh, look, there's no way around it. It's painful and it's traumatic and you kind of need help walking through it. Absolutely. And it was so weird because COVID hit in their freshman year. So they had moved out. They were living in the dorms, loving all of that. We were kind of finding our paces, you know, empty nesters. And then, whoa, they're back home, you know. And so then we had, uh, uh, golly, almost a year, I guess, of them being home, which was the the first part I was like, oh, this is so good. I got yeah. my babies back. But then you know that there is more that they're missing. And so you, you do kind of mourn that their experience hasn't been, you know, what you hoped it would be with college and right. the normal kinds of things. Yeah. Um, but then they moved out again. That one actually hurt worse because the first time they moved into dorms. And right. so their rooms just looked like they were gone for the weekend. Yes. But right. then they moved into apartments and they took all their furniture and it's like, oh. Uh. <gasps> Yeah, that was hard. Yeah. So I've really grilled the house up yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in their absence. I think Rodney may think maybe he needs a little bit that's of that right, space, right. but I had to fill cave. it with something. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, that's really that's good. The, the COVID. There's no question that that has had a, a massive impact yeah, for sure. You know, before I became the pastor, I was the dean of students at Wayland, and um, just watching the, the college experience that that those students had. Who who came you know that year and they've never not really experienced anything yeah like what yeah. I experienced when I went to college yeah and uh and so that's just it's been really really weird really yeah. strange times well and I was a Waylon uh, that's where that's I right. did yeah. my undergrad and I loved college right. so so much and their experience has just been so different totally. because of COVID but yeah totally and it's almost like I don't know it's almost like just got to get get this class thing done. Yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. And, 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 Check but the boxes. all those other awesome things about college, you know, they're not really experiencing no. the same way <laughs> we did. Yeah, totally so, different. Anyway, I mean, they, I walked, you know, uphill in the snow <laughs> you know, to school and yeah. all the things. Yeah, so, all and, the I'm things. Old, I'm an old person. So, okay, well, let's talk a little bit about... Um, about your journey. You said you grew up in the church, you were baptized here at First Shallow Water. So tell us a little bit about how you came to faith. Like what were the things that kind of led you to that moment where you surrendered your heart and your life to Christ? Yeah. So I made my decision um, when I was six, so little, but I can remember I was wearing a little white dress with a little light blue satin sash, Uh, and I was uh. standing there by my mom and dad, and the pool was just so so strong that at that point I was supposed to make a profession of faith um and so I did that so that was like during a church service yeah yeah during a church service and I think my parents were kind of surprised when I just kind of pushed out past them I was like well here I go maybe they weren't because that's kind (laughs) of how I live my life you know that I I do have a little independent streak but um so made my profession of faith grew up in this church you know the Carol Boozers and the Julia Smiths and the uh, Dimple Davises that we have in our church, you know, they all were just some of the many people that uh-huh. poured into me through my uh, childhood days right. and through my youth. And um, then I went to college, and, and I think college was the first time that I really encountered people who didn't grow up in church, even though I was at right. Wayland, you know, yeah. which was still uh, most of us had a religious background. But uh-huh. I remember 
being a little jealous of people who had gone from black to white with yes. their faith experiences yeah. because I had a lot of gray in uh-huh. mine because I'd always been a church kid. I always knew right from wrong. I I'd, I had always known Christ. I used to tell the, the youth, you know, I was drug baby. I was drugged to church every yeah. time the doors were <laughs> open, you know. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. so it, it had always been a part of my schema. Um but then I started encountering people that went from, I knew nothing about God till boom, right. you know, I had this life changing experience. And yeah. so I had never really experienced that because of my background. And I was always kind of jealous uh-huh. um, of that. I didn't know God. And then it became so abundantly clear to me who right. God was. Yeah. Um, but I continue to know through my uh, college years, everything, I've always been active in church and part of church. But um, about nine years ago, I think is the time where I got taken to the depths of my faith right. to help me see what all those years had had um, been preparing me for. Yeah. And going from knowing who God is uh-huh. in my head to knowing who God is with every cell in my body. Right. Um, I was diagnosed with a really rare cancer called oh. thymoma. There's only about 500 cases a year oh. um, of it. And it was the most random thing because I was running four miles most days of the week. I had these twin boys. They were in sixth grade at the time. Um, super active. My yeah. job was high energy, um, long hours. The boys' events were... I was. I thought I was in the peak of right. life, you know, and, and um, just had some blood work done at, at school that showed my calcium was a little high, D was a little low. And, I mean, that's yeah. no big deal. Take not, some not supplements, abnormal. right? Yeah. Um, but I went back to my office and I just Googled those two things to see, it, is there anything that kind of causes that? Right. And um, that led me to a thing called hyperparathyroidism. And the stuff I was reading said, you're going to need to print this out and take it to your doctors because it's not very well known. Right. So I did that and went to my doctor, and she's like, oh, yeah, no, I, you're right. I don't know a whole lot about this, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. yeah, you do have all the indicators, so uh-huh. uh, let's get you in for some more tests and yeah. see. And by that afternoon, she called and said, you know what? We got your lab results back. I think we're going straight to a surgeon. And so, uh, yeah, sent me to a surgeon. But I was feeling really confident at this point because I had done my research because that's right. what I do. Yeah. And worst case scenario, you have a little tiny incision on your neck and they go in, they get that little rice size adenoma on a no right. big deal. So I was so cocky that I would go to my appointments on my own. Which, again, that doesn't surprise many people anybody, if you know me knows because you, yeah. I'm young. That's kind of me. Um, but um, they decided that they wanted to do some more scans to make sure because those little things can be – they can move around. Right. Well, when they did the scan, they discovered um, a tumor by my heart. And oh, we're wow. like, oh, holy cow, we're in a whole different this is a place. Different deal, yeah. Yeah. So I'd gone to that appointment by myself, and the doctor said, yeah, we're seeing something on your heart. We're going to have to do surgery. Probably going to need to crack your chest. Whoa. And everything stopped. You know, the, yeah. the whole world just stopped. And it took me about an hour and a half to get out of the parking lot that day just because right. it was. 
it was catastrophic news, you yeah, know? Yeah. Um, and so we started down a system of trying to figure out what it was. We, everybody agreed the one thing was we had to do surgery. Uh-huh. So um, in January of 2013, they did a sternotomy and, and opened my chest and discovered, you know, the tumor on my heart that they thought there was more by my spine. My diaphragm uh, really took everybody by surprise because when they got in there, they described it as cobblestones. It was just wow. covered wow. Um, with droplets. So they pretty much zipped me up and said, "Ooh, this is beyond us right. and referred me to MD Anderson. And um, so went through chemo. Uh- uh, lost all my hair, and I really kind of like my hair. Um, you know, I I don't have a problem. Uh, yeah, you're already there. So yeah, cut straight to the point right. there. Um, did uh, chemo? Had another surgery where they had to go through my back. Um, but in May of that year, it was no evidence of disease. But Whoa. that year of um, sitting on a couch, being yeah. sick and bald and not being able to tell if you're getting better or getting worse. Right. Because it's um, all happening inside of you. Like, yeah. the, you know, there's no, there's no like outward indicator that you can look at to tell, am I getting better yeah. or not? Yeah. yeah. Well, and here I've got these sixth grade boys. Oh, gosh. Um, Rodney had lost um, both of his parents to cancer. Wow. And so I just felt this huge need to live it differently than, yeah. um, than what. Uh, maybe sometimes you see, you know, yeah. Um, and that's when the faith really got put to a test. You know, there were moments that I'd be sitting on the couch and, oh, so sick. That was the worst part was the sick. And um, I would feel myself sinking. And mm-hmm. so I figured out pretty quickly that the, the way up was to shift my focus. You know, I couldn't focus on the waves. I had to focus on the master. And so yeah. I um, knew I needed to read scripture, get into music when I felt those sinking spells coming. And so I flagged all the passages in my Bible that I could find about healing and about God's promises. And yeah. uh, so that when I, when I was sinking, I didn't have the frontal lobe, you know, to be able to think, oh, I need to go look at this scripture. So right. I marked it so I could just find my path. You know, I yes. had my path marked uh-huh. and then I would come back up. And um, I learned that your thoughts have so much control over your whole experience and the experience of those around you. And so I'd always heard the scripture, you know, holding your thoughts captive and that became a battle cry, you know, that I really had to, every time my thoughts started to move in a place that was not pure and right and holy and good, that I had to capture those and submit them to Christ and, Mm um, put it back, put it back on, uh, him. That's good. That's a good word. So, there's something about that, what you're talking about here, being proactive, like, you know, not being passive when you're, you, you're feeling these ways, you're starting to maybe feel despair, you know, have a difficult time, but you don't, you don't just like receive that, yeah. right? You have, you have to like a- actively fight against that, which I think is something that, um, that we don't always talk about it. We don't really do a great job yeah. maybe sometimes. of We're about to start, a, there's a series that we're going to do called In the Dark, and it's really, in fact, this podcast may be running during that series. I don't know, but um, but it's uh, it's about the, these moments right before Jesus died, the mm-hmm. night before Jesus mm-hmm. died. And it's about all of these things that he experienced in those moments that we experience that often that really put us in the dark. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so uh, talk a little bit about that. Talk about talk about finding faith in the dark. Because I I'm hearing you say uh, you know 
uh, these conscious things that you were doing, yeah. right? To try yeah. to remind yourself of who God is and how he was present in your struggle. But talk about maybe how God answered some of those prayers and, and what he revealed to you about his character oh, yeah. during those moments. Do you, how long do we have? <laughs> <laughs> it, it's a really, it really is a long, long story. You sure. know, I was telling a, um, some people on Sunday that, um, you know, a lot of times tragedies happen and we think, oh, why me? And right. honestly, we should be like, oh, why did it not happen to me today? You know, because right. the, the yes. Bible says in this world you're going to have troubles. Yeah. Take to heart. I've overcome the world. But we don't always prepare before the troubles come to right. be ready when they when they do come. And so then we're a little surprised. And um, when we're going to battle, and we are in a spiritual battle, all of the things that are going on in our lives are part of this unseen spiritual world, right, you know, right, right. and yeah. so how do we arm ourselves? And, and there's scripture that tells us exactly what we need to do sure. to arm ourselves. But you're so right that it takes action to put on that mm. armor and to put your, hold your thoughts captive right. and, um, you know, to not be discouraged and to, to not be dismayed. And so, you know, the things, the scripture, the, um, the the music the worship yeah. the prayer the the calling it out when you realize you're starting to fall captive to some of the lies you know those are all big things and i discovered that when i would do that and not that i could always do that there were times i just was flat out sinking right um and then there were times that i'd be able to regroup it and get myself up but um i discovered that god came through and just these unbelievable ways and it's it's not just the healing because the rest of my story is I've had two more recurrences since right. then you yeah. know I've I've had to go through radiation when the boys were juniors in high school because it came back um, yeah. the summer I had major major surgery because it came back so yeah. the answer isn't always poof you're done right. you know victory <laughs> yeah, it's over it is it is how do you have victory in it yeah you know, right. it, it, it's more than God get me out of it. It's God get me through it and mm. and use it. And that was one of the things that for me um, became kind of a, a superpower in a way, I guess, is that um, I, I made a decision that the harder I'm squeezed, the louder I'm going to sing. Mm -hmm. And I, I made a decision that this would be used to impact people yeah, you know yeah, that yeah. if I was going to go through it that it was going to have some impact so those active decisions led to some changes and things I was doing to to try to be in a place that I could be using so like mm -hmm. one of the things I I did and it didn't start off this way I was writing you know things that were sure. going on and one day I was sitting on the love seat and God was kind of like hey girl this isn't just about you uh -huh. and so I started putting on a blog well then I got connected to people all over the world like I met a girl in um Matt, you know, yeah. uh, in quotes, from Australia that was going through something similar. She had found my information on the MD Anderson uh, blog. And so we got connected. Well, a few months later, this other girl reached out to me and was telling me her story. She was from Australia, didn't know anybody. I was like, well, hey, let this little girl from Shallow Water introduce you to this girl who lives in Australia. Wow. You yeah. know, and so I got to see God answering not only my prayers, but allowing me to be a part of his plan to do something bigger. Right. And so that was really, really amazing. Um, learning, and I, boy, I have to learn this one every day, that um, I don't need to be in control. 
Yeah. You know, learning that my independence that I'd always kind of prided myself on uh-huh. was actually a deficit. Right. Um, was a big part of that. One of my favorite parts of my uh, story was with the second time that I discovered it was back. So I had gone through just unbelievable blessings that God had shown me in the hardest of times. Right. Um, and I had been writing about them and I'd been recording them and I had been trying so hard to give him praise, you know, and yeah. make sure all the glory was on him for all the things he was doing. Um, but when I got the news that it was back, it still, it was like the first time, mm-hmm. you know, it sucked the life out of me yep. and um, I couldn't breathe. And so we were in Houston when we discovered that it was back and we were um, getting ready to go to appointments. And, you know, I, I I didn't want Rodney to be scared. I didn't want the boys to be scared. I didn't want me to be scared. And I was feeling a little bit like a failure because I had every reason in the world to believe and to have faith. Yeah. And yet I was scared. Right. And I wanted to be brave because I knew, I know what God can do. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't feeling it. And I was sitting in the, shoulder, the shower actually crying and thinking, you know, I, I want to be brave, but I don't know how to be brave. And just as clear as a bell, this phrase came to my mind, and it's it's really changed my whole life. But the phrase was fearlessly dependent on the one who makes me brave. Yeah. So my job as a believer isn't to be fearless. Right. My job is to be fearlessly dependent yes. on God, who that's where my strength and my hope and my power comes from is from him. So learning from him that, um, having control meant letting go of control and having uh, hope and being brave meant I had to be dependent on something bigger than me has probably been one of the biggest ways that I've seen him move. Um, so when things are not working out, it's not up to me to come up with all the solutions or answers. My my job is just to be fearless in my dependence, um, to let go of my strategies, which is, uh, that's hard for me. Uh, cause I'm a problem solver to let go of my control. Cause that's hard for me because I'm kind of a control freak. Mm -hmm. Um, I, well, I don't even hate to admit it. I'll own it. I you am just, one. Yeah. Yeah. But realizing that um, my my strength comes from him. Right. You know, in, in my weakness, that's when he's really strong. Yeah. No, yeah. you you said this thing, too, that I, I just want to circle back to because you were talking about um, victory. Like, what does that yeah. look like? Yeah. And so often we think of victory as deliverance yeah. from. Yeah. You, know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Which that is an aspect, right? Yeah. Sometimes the yeah, Lord sometimes does that. And that is definitely a part of it. But um, the example that we have, right, of Christ Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, right, sweating drops of blood, saying, if there's any, you know, if it would be your will, well, allow this cup to pass from yeah. me. But I want your but will, if. right, and not, and not mine. Mm-hmm. And, and, and what, he actually, what he actually did was he, you know, he took all of this sin and sickness and death and oppression and humiliation, like all of the worst things that the world can throw at us. Yeah. He took it all and he took it into his own body mm-hmm. and he, and he was crucified on a cross and he, and he died. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, uh, and so, so, you know, of course, three days later there's resurrection and it's ultimate triumphant victory forever and ever, which is wonderful. Right. But we forget sometimes as, as Christians that, that, what Jesus did was he 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 didn't he wasn't delivered from the adversity he stood in the adversity absolutely and and he experienced all of it and he was triumphant over it and that's a I don't know sometimes that's 
that's a, a bigger thing. Uh, I don't know how to say this. That's a more precious, beautiful thing than even the deliverance story. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, then, and ultimately, that's what God's wanting to do. Yeah. What he's wanting to do is is to make us triumphant over, yeah. you know, not delivered, not just delivered from. Yeah. And, you know. Well, and I think my biggest testimony is not I've been healed from cancer three times. Sure. I think my biggest testimony is that on the hardest days, I yeah. was not alone. Right. Um, you know, on the moments where I didn't know where my next breath was coming from, he was right there with me. Yeah. You know, the biggest difference between me and Christ is he didn't deserve what was put upon him. Right. Yeah. And boy, I've, I've earned every bit of mine, you know, and then some. I, I deserve so much yeah. worse than, than anything that's happened in my life. And, um, and yet... He still cares and he shows up and he walks with me and he talks with me. And, you know, there were so many scriptures that I've heard my whole life. You know, you hear um, about uh, God singing over you. Yeah. And there were moments that I felt that presence. Right. You you hear about, you know, the um, peace that passes understanding. And I thought that I got that. I had no clue until you're at a space that you got nothing else. You know, right. this summer when I had surgery, nobody was allowed in the hospital because of COVID. Oh, gosh, yeah. So I just had this major, major surgery, and I'm in the hospital by myself. You know, I got out of the car, and I had to walk myself in, carry my suitcase. I felt kind of like a kid going to school and, oh. you know, looking back at my dad and Rodney in the right. car and just waving at them as I walked into that hospital alone. And never for two seconds did I feel alone. Never. Yeah, right. You know, you you're in this hard, hard spot, and you're okay, uh -huh. and that's the victory. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's it. Like, and, and I think maybe sometimes uh, that's the part of of it that we miss. And even when, and I believe in praying for deliverance. Oh for people. yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm all about oh, it. Look, you know, the Lord God wants us to ask Him for yep. what we want. He's yep. a good Father, right? Absolutely. And so I'm always praying for deliverance and for healing. I'm always doing Absolutely. that. Um, but there is this victory. That, that you can only experience when, and, and there's a confidence that comes from winning that, right? Oh, from, yeah. from, from the Lord winning that victory in your life. Yeah. Because then you're like, you know, the, the next time something, you know, comes up like that, you'd be like, no, no. No matter what happens with this, I am triumphant over it. Absolutely. By the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. No, matter, no matter how this ends up, I already know. Right, yeah. the, the, because because my faith in God is unshaken, my relationship with God is unshaken, and and I, that's the place where I want to be. You yeah, know? well, it's huge, and it's that's one of the places that anytime I'm sharing my story, I do not want this to be about me, and yeah. I never want anything that I'm doing to be about how I got through or I was, you know, because sure. I I assure you. Nothing has been because of me. I mean, it is all completely because of the grace and love mm -hmm. of God. Yeah. Um, he, but he does just these most incredible things. And I mean, you're so right that that the answer has not always been in, in that um, end game. You know, right. um, I hope I never have to deal with with I call it the nuisance because <laughs> I discovered uh, you know when you say cancer, it's like. <gasps> And yeah. when you say stage four cancer, you know, people uh, look at you yeah. like, oh, wow, I'm so sorry. Yeah, yeah. And so from the get go, the very first day I came home, um, my son Spencer and I, we we taped over every word in our on any books or any documents that said cancer. Yeah, because we weren't letting that have any space in our home. Sure. This is a nuisance, something right. we had to deal with. You yeah. know, it, it's a pest. Right. Um, and the other thing that I think is really huge that I want people to know is that we all have a nuisance. Yeah. You know, and everybody's nuisance 
is there very real, very important news. I can't tell how many people have come up to me and said, oh, but my nut is nothing like yours. Oh, yeah. I promise you to God, it's whatever big, you're dealing yeah. with is every bit as important. Mm-hmm. Um and so like in my writing on the blog, I really try to, it's not, it is not about cancer. Uh, it's about nuisances. And, right. you know, your nuisance may be how you're going to pay the bills. It may be, oh, my kids aren't doing what I want them to do. It may be, oh, my relationship isn't what I want it to be. It may be, you know, my work is not that great. It may be yeah. that I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing with my life right now. Yeah. Every one of those nuisances have God's full attention. Absolutely. You know, yeah. and they're all just as big and as important as the next. Yeah. Um, and there is victory in every single one of those no if we will fearlessly depend mm-hmm. on the one who makes us brave. Yeah, we, uh, you know, uh, so we've seen this in our family, obviously. You know, uh, Amy's older sister mm-hmm. um, diagnosed with uh, melanoma stage yeah. four. Yeah. And uh, she passed away last year, almost just a little over a year ago. And, uh, but the, so there was this, uh, her, one of her friends at the funeral um, talked about how she came over to the house one day and she, you know, it was after, you know, Melanie had you know, found out that it was in her bones and, you know, and, yeah. and that, uh, you know, so at that moment, right, you know, like things are. But but you know none of us really knew that right mm-hmm. she she mm-hmm. was hopeful positive all the time like we didn't have any idea how serious things really were uh, because she she just never uh, uh, talked about it like that you yeah, know yeah uh, but her friend came over and because she just heard you know uh, and she said Melanie what can I what can I do for you you know and and she said that uh, Melanie looked at her and she paused and she said pray that I walk this out well. Mm-hmm. And so that became like a, you know, after the funeral, like none of us even knew about that interaction. In fact, Melanie probably didn't even, didn't even remember it. Like after yeah, it happened, yeah. like it was just a, but it's so stuck in, in her friend's mind. And then she shared it at the funeral and it so stuck in our minds, you know, Amy and her sisters all went and made a little painting where they wrote it on there. But that's what I'm talking about. Like yeah. sometimes we talk about a person who's passed away, right? And and uh, and they, we talk about how they succumb to cancer or how they they you know you know. But look, cancer did not defeat Melanie. No, cancer didn't beat Melanie. No, you know she didn't lose some kind of battle mm-hmm. to to cancer. She won. Yeah. She won it yeah. every day, right all all the way right up until the end. She won victory uh, uh, upon victory upon victory over cancer because she walked it out well. Yeah, and her faith remained. Un- shaken and her children knew that she loved them and her you know what I'm talking about like yeah, that, yeah. That, so that, that's I think the biggest lesson that we learned from her during that season yeah you know? and what a beautiful prayer I mean if every single day if we were all praying right just man help me walk this out whatever it is yeah whatever it is the way I am interacting in this meeting at work or yeah. the way I'm talking to my child who just disobeyed or yep. you know the way that I am um, posting on my yeah. My feed, you know, <laughs> yeah. if, if we were all seeking to walk it well, that that's what it's all about. And sometimes the prayers answer the way our human hearts wanted it to be. Sure. Sometimes it's not. There have right. been times that I got a yes. There have been times I got a no. Sure. Um, you know, when it comes back the second and third time, you're like, oh, seriously, really we got to do this again. Yeah. And I keep thinking, okay, what am I not learning here? You yeah. know, there's, there's got to be something I'm not learning here. And I'm, I'm trying really hard uh, to, to get there. But um He's just so good and so mm-hmm. faithful. And and I always, 
I always want um, to make sure that people know that regardless of the answer, his answer is always better than the one that I was seeking. I may not get it now. Sure. I'll get it someday. You know, I'll know someday. Yeah. Um, And then I just pray that, you know, it's a legacy in the lives of my boys, you know, that they have learned. um, Man, God saw us through a lot of things. Yeah. one of the things I love about how God worked is, you know, there were a lot of the things that were happening that were too big for their brains yeah. to grasp, uh, too large for their hearts to be able to manage. And um, I kind of feel like I call it the curtains. You know, God would only pull back the curtains and allow them to see the part that they could handle. Yeah. Um, and then there's been times that they'll sit and they'll be listening to me give my testimony to somebody and they'll be like, oh, you had a tumor on your heart? I had no idea. You're stage four? I had no idea. It's like, you've heard me say that hundreds yeah. of times. But until this moment, you couldn't deal with it. And I love the way God has protected them. Yeah from the parts that were too big until the time that they could understand it. You know, one of the the things about a nuisance, and again, any nuisance, I always, I hate the splatter because I wasn't the only one affected. You know, my whole family's affected. My friends were affected. My work was affected. And I hate that because if if I could have made an agreement with God that, hey, just let me handle this on my own, I'd taken that in a heartbeat. But that's not the way it works because... In this journey of life, we're supposed to be doing it together. Yeah. You know, and I'm supposed to be learning from your victories. and I'm supposed to be learning from your failures. And mm-hmm. I'm supposed to be walking with you through those. And you're supposed to be doing the same thing Absolutely, for me. Yeah. Um, and so the splatter is something that I hate. But I know that it's something that God really intends for us. And that's what I love about this podcast. Yeah. You know, because we're all getting to share the things that were victories and the things that I didn't go quite the way I planned. Yeah, no doubt. And yet... You know, God worked it all out. And we're supposed to be so faithful. And we should be encouraged by one another's victories. And we should be learning from one another's failures. And we should be faithful in walking through those seasons together. That's what it's all about. uh, I like the way you put that. Because I think this is something maybe that people don't always recognize is an issue for people who are going through something like what you went through. there's a there's a trauma associated with this you know dealing with this illness that you're dealing with yeah. and working your way through that, yeah. but then there's this other trauma of like watching the people that you care about Ugh, the most that's the worst. like grieve and mm-hmm. mourn and, mm-hmm. and and hurt through the whole thing too. That's the worst. Yeah, yeah. I you know I I I know my strength and I know my stubbornness you know and so. Um, I I felt like I'm going to be okay, but my boys, I worry about them. Watching my mom and dad, I knew that they would trade places with me in a heartbeat. Yeah, I admit it. Yeah. And I knew I would never have let them, even if that was possible. Right. My heart with Rodney, oh, for him and his family to have already lost their parents right. to cancer and then to have to relive that with your spouse. Um, ugh, you know, that... That really stunk. Um, Those were the pieces I hated the most. My sisters, you know, watching them, um, trying to walk that walk with me. And I really hate that part because I I can control 
yeah. my responses um, and submission. And, you know, I can do, I can make sure that I'm submitting and getting myself where I need to be. But those other pieces, I don't get to control what other people's responses are going to be. And so then you're left to pray that, you know, God is working in their lives the same way he's working in yours right. through those hard times and that... Um, He's using it for good. You know, that's where you have to claim that oh, yeah. he is turning all, all things, things working all, yeah, things together. all things together for our good. So and I think especially with your children, you oh. know, I, because, you know, there, I, I remember, I remember my niece, um, you know, when her mom was in the hospital, I was over at the house and she sat at the table and she, she looked at me and she said, she said, Uncle Brad, she said, I don't know what's going to happen to my faith. I'm afraid. Yeah. If my mom does, I'm afraid of what's going to happen to my yeah. faith. You yeah. know, and uh, what I said to her in that moment, like, has been borne out. You know, uh, it wasn't because I was the Holy Spirit wanted to communicate something really specifically to Brianna, um, but I just told her I was like, Brianna, your your faith is not this small, fragile thing that can just be mm-hmm. knocked over accidentally. Yeah, your your faith is not this thing that can be broken or shattered easily by the enemy. That's not what it is. It's it's rooted yeah. because of your mom, right? It's rooted in this, you know, this rich relationship with God. And there's not anything yeah. that can destroy that. You yeah. know? And, and as I was saying, I was praying, oh, God, please let this please. be true of her. You know, yes. so and, and, and fortunately, we've seen that kind of borne out. But I know as a parent, like watching your, you know, for Melanie, watching, watching her girls have to struggle through this and, and, and you know, come, come to terms with all of it. Yeah. Um, it had to it had to have been painful, you know. It, it, and you worry, yeah. like you worry, how's this going to affect? We still, about, I mean, about all of her kids, you know. Yeah. Uh, how's this going to be born out in their lives, and what does it look like? And yeah. How, what, what do we do to help? And um, and to be able to release that to the Lord, and and just God, I know you're working in my life. I have to trust that you're working in theirs. That's, right. That's a big. That, deal. that is a lot, and you know that's one reason I'm I'm so grateful for. Our, community you yeah, know and I'm right. grateful for church yeah. because people circled around the boys and they circled around Rodney and right. they circled around my mom and dad and my sisters and you know my sister-in-law and brother-in-law I mean right. we had people who came alongside us to walk that journey and so that you know that's one of the things that I think is so important is the value of church uh-huh. in helping us through those those seasons yeah. um you know it's more than us coming together on a Sunday and right. singing songs and listening to the sermon and and it's even more than our grow groups, although those are huge. That's where sure. it gets really personal. Um, but it's doing daily life with each other yeah. on the good days and on the bad days. And when I am not strong enough to get out of bed, knowing that there are people looking out for my kids yeah. and um, knowing that people are loving on us. You know, we, we didn't go anywhere that there wasn't love shared with us by this congregation, by our, our town, you know, by our workplaces. And I'm just grateful for that. I'm grateful for the people God puts in your life at seasons in your life to help you through those hard times. And I'm so grateful for the people who went before me that gave me examples to know how to build my war chest. You know, so like uh, Julia Smith, I remember uh, when I was a GA in this church, you know, her uh, father had cancer. And as GAs, we would go and minister to them. And, you know, watching the faith of those people that were older than me helped me know 
what how you get through hard times. My right. mom, um, most people who know her now don't even realize um, she's got multiple sclerosis. And when I was a kid, um, you know, there were days that she couldn't get out of bed. She couldn't walk. She would be wheelchair bound. Yeah. Now she teaches second grade, yeah. you know, and, and you'd never even know it. Yeah. But watching her go through those challenges, that's how I learned yeah. how to to know to go to my Bible, to know, to, to sing, I, you know, to know to that praise powers your perspective. Yeah. And if you can, if you can praise, it'll shift your whole perspective on everything. And right. so I have to give thanks to the people who helped created that legacy yeah. in my life. You right. know, my Sunday school teachers, um, who, who helped me know, what you do when things are not going your way, you know? Yeah. Um, so our, our church family is so powerful in helping yeah. um, us know how to walk the walk. Well, and I would say this too, if there, there's no other, there's no other kind of community that's like, that's like church. So, you know, I, I know folks are deciding all the time about, you know, whether they're going to be part of church or yeah. they, and there are probably people listening to this podcast who you know, not interested in church, haven't, yeah. haven't been to church. That's not a regular part of your life right. or whatever. And I, and, uh, and I hear that. I mean, I understand. I've been in some church, negative church situations. I understand oh, yeah. that. But, but here's what I want to say. Uh, there is no substitute for that kind of community. No, there just isn't. There's not. And, and, you know, how you go through things like, like what you're describing, like what you went through, without like, I'm talking like, not work friends, right? Not next door neighbors. I'm talking about like like people who are seeking the scriptures with you. Yeah, like people warriors. who are on their face before God mm-hmm. for you. Like that's different. It's and, so different. And and if you're out there and, and, and church is not a part of your routine and that's not something that you're connected to, you know, part of the problem is sometimes we see church as a place where we go to get something, yeah. right? Yeah. Instead of a place where we go to give something, which is what yeah. causes community to happen. Right. And so, because it's a commuter, uh, uh, because it's a consumer thing, right? You can say, "Well, uh, this I don't like this here, so I'm just going to jump down to the next one, or I'm just going to, yeah. you know what I mean?" But but what I like about like First Baptist Church, Shallow Water, this, this is our community, this yeah. is our town. We live next to each other. We're all neighbors here. We're all family here, and uh, and there's stories that we can have, like the ones that you have, where where there's this deep and abiding sense of community that at the worst moment of your life, there were these people who were there. You were prepared for that moment because of your relationships. And there were these people that were there in relationship with you in the middle of all of that darkness and all that difficulty that were loving you through it. And there's just nothing like that. All kind a lot of other kinds of relationships you know, they, they fade and they fly away when we get into the thickest stuff. Yeah, you know? it's hard. And I did lose some friends because sure. they didn't know how. They, know they didn't know. And, um, you know, I had a few that came to me later and said, I, I'm so sorry. I didn't know how to be there for yeah, you. Right. And that was a bigger burden for them than it was for me because sure. I got it. You know, yeah. it, it is hard. Yeah. Um, you know, when I was sick and when we realized it was, I was the only case that had been seen in Lubbock. Doc, my doctor said, you know, you're the first, you'll be the last that I see. Wow. And so when they, when we were seeking treatment, you know, we went to the, the best cancer hospital that we could find. And you know what? In that cancer hospital, there's a lot of really sick people. Yeah. I didn't go to a place where there were a lot of healthy people to help me get well. Yeah. I went to a place where there's a lot of sick people right. to help me get well. And I think sometimes people think that, oh, church is just for perfect people. And the ones that aren't perfect, you know, they're hypocrites. And Absolutely. so that's why they don't want to be engaged with us. But y'all, we are a bunch of broken, <laughs> hot mess people. Right. No doubt. 
that are doing life together and seeking Christ. And he's the only solution. He's right. the only answer to it. And so, you know, sure. I would just hope that if there are people that are listening, they're like, eh, you know, I've been let down by church people. You know what? I, I have too. Sure. But my God never lets me down. Mm-hmm. And there are people, and I've been that person, that right. I wasn't living the way that God was wanting me to live. Yeah. But God is always God. And uh, as, as people, we should be always seeking to live like him and yeah. to reflect him and be that way. But y'all, church is about a bunch of broken people coming to the hospital right. uh, to see the great healer, you know, yeah. the great physician. And so I would just encourage people, it, it, there's such value. When you hit those hard times in life, having that community to do it with you, yeah. it, ugh. A, I don't it's know huge. how I don't know how you I don't know how you do I don't it know how otherwise. You do it. Like I, no. and even you know I've been married for 26 years and uh, and and I'm just telling you I don't know how I don't know how you walk through all of the ups and downs of just being married for 26 years yeah. without yeah. without accountability and family and and uh, and and support from your from your from the body of Christ. I, you know I just it it, it, it it's so. Uh, mind-boggling to, to me to even think about how would I, how would we have survived this on yeah. our own? Well, know? and a village to help you raise your children. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. you know, when they're going through the different growth spurts and the different sure. challenges yeah. in their youth, you know, to, to have others who are investing in your children, yep. who are investing in your spouse, who are investing in you, um, you don't get that to the same degree in other, in other, in other places. So. Yeah. Well, and what you've talked about this, you and I have talked about this a bunch of different times, and it's one of the things I love the most about your story, but, but like you can actually look back at mm-hmm. uh, you know, all of these people that are still around, right? Oh, that, yeah. that were yeah. had this formative, because you've been here your whole life. Yeah. And so, so you can actually point to all these relationships that you still have that, you know, that you've had since you were in the first grade or the yeah. second grade or yeah. whatever. And, and you can talk about how those things have formed you over the course of y- your whole life. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a lot of us don't have that because, you know, we moved around a lot or whatever. Mm-hmm. We weren't in one place. Um, but it's really indicative to me of, of, of what it can be like, no matter how long you're planted in one place, of, of what, you know, Christ's life can be when we're doing it the way we're supposed to do do it with the body of Christ. Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, and uh, so I, anyway, I, I listen to you talk about it, and it's always like it, you know, sparks my imagination because I'm like, man, that's who we're supposed to be. That's what our church is supposed to be. We're supposed to be that kind of connected, you know, uh, group who we're we're just we're doing life together. We're doing the best we can together. We're helping yeah. each other as much as we can, and we're going to disagree, and we're going to have different opinions about stuff, and we're going to see things from all kinds of different perspectives. Yeah. But at the end of the day, we got each other's back. And we're yeah, and, and at the end of the day, we are family. You know, yeah. and and there's I mean there is no doubt. And even in this congregation, there have been there have been some hard things that we've sure. gone through. And but at the end of the day, coming back and remembering our purpose and yeah. remembering we're all broken. But God is the healer. Mm-hmm. Um, he can restore relationships. He can connect. And, you know, that's the other thing I would just encourage people, especially if you're new in church. And yeah. There's going to be dabs that church doesn't feel great, you right. know, that oh, yeah. it's not all going smoothly. Or maybe things in your own life aren't going smoothly. Mm-hmm. But don't quit, you know. Right. Stick in there. Persevere. Yeah. Repair relationships. It's such a huge blessing when you do. Yeah. Um, and so I, I would just, I hope, I think sometimes... 
with the way our world is always changing, yeah. our commitment changes. Absolutely. You know, yeah. and our willingness to stick in the marriage even when it's not good right. and until yeah. it gets better. Yeah. Uh, stick in the church even when I don't like something that's going on in it yeah. until it gets better. And, yeah. you know, seeing it through beginning to end and, yeah. and, and not giving up when life's hard. Because y'all... Life is it's hard. It's hard. Life is just hard. <laughs> if you're is. laughing hard today, I'm so sorry. It, Hang on. Yeah, it, it, yeah. It's it's coming. I hate to tell you that. Yeah. Don't be surprised when it comes. Be yeah. surprised it's not coming. But be ready mm-hmm. and be involved in a body that helps you stick to it. Yeah. When you aren't strong enough to stick to it yourself. Right. Because we're all going to get you know to those places. So yeah. so yeah. I mean uh, the the. All the things you 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 call them nuisances, you know, but we all have those. Oh yeah, you know? and uh, and there are things, and there you know, and they're they're varying degrees. Like when you're looking at them from the outside, but when you're in the middle of them, they're all serious. Oh yeah, right? they're all big. You know, no matter no matter what they are. Um, but we all are w- walking through these periods in our life. We all find ourselves at some point, right? We find ourselves in the dark. Yeah, that's just the way. Yeah. that's just the way that life works. And uh, and when we're there, when we're in that moment where it feels like it's the darkest, you know, um, there, there, uh, the Lord God is faithful. He, He's every there. Time. You know, uh, and 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 there there are going to be people who the Lord is going to put there with us. You know, who are going to who are going to help us walk through it. And uh, and that dark night, whatever that the fiercest struggle is, right before the victories won. Absolutely. Know? And the darkest night comes right before the dawn, and that's a total cliche, but it's there's but, a lot but of truth. But it's true, in it. yeah. And if you think about it, you know, if you've ever, if you think about the darkest place you've ever been, uh-huh. you know, as soon as you are in the dark, sometimes our our tendency is to need to move and do and fix it, right. fix it. But if you're still for a moment in dark, what begins to happen is your eyes adjust. Yeah. yeah. And your eyes start to pick up things that you couldn't see right. before. You know. Yeah. Uh, and suddenly it's not as dark yeah. as you thought it was when the light first disappeared. Yeah. Uh, and so that's been one of my experiences is I thought I was in the darkest of the dark and there would not be any light. But even in the dark, there yeah. is light. Mm-hmm. And where there is light, there is hope. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, the psalmist says that, uh, that even even the dark is not dark to you. Oh, yeah. You know what he's yeah. the Lord? There's and isn't no, that amazing? Yeah, there is no such thing as dark because wherever you go, you're, you know, you, your light permeates, you know. And, Absolutely. And, uh, and he, you can see me even when I hide in the depths and the, yeah. the darkest, darkest place. You, you're, it's not dark to you. You can find me there. Yep. And that's a good, good word. And so if there's anyone out there today, you feel like you're in a really, really dark place today and maybe you know it's so dark that no one can see you you know we all felt that isolated and alone um i hope you i hope you're comforted by uh by anna's story uh and 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 just i hope you hear this one truth at least that that god sees you that god sees you Mm -hmm. even when you're in the middle of the darkest place he sees you it's not dark to him and he's right there he's right there with you in that moment in that place and uh and victory is possible. It is possible. So fearlessly it, dependent on the one uh, who makes me brave. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So that's our prayer. That's our prayer uh, for you. So Anna, thank you so much. Thank you. This is fun. It was fun. And, uh, I appreciate it. And I thanks just, for doing the podcast. I think it's awesome to get yeah, to know each other this way. It really is. It's good to. I I just I love to hear people's stories. Yeah, so for me, me it's just been. You know, I would be doing this whether we had microphones in front of us or not, because I just like I just like what you know how, what people have you know walked through and lived through. Yeah. And, um, but uh, so it's a lot of fun, and and it's good for uh, we need this encourages us because yeah. we hear 
you know, things that other people have learned and how they've struggled. And, uh, and, and it really is meaningful to us whenever we run up against yeah. those times in our lives. And that's what community is supposed to be about. But yep. thank you for sharing thank and thank you. you for your honesty. Thank and you. just uh, uh, we're so grateful to have you here at our church and, uh, and for everything the Lord's doing and has done in your life. And um, so uh, if you're out there in podcast world, make sure that you continue to, to check back in. Every week we have a, exciting and interesting guests like Anna Jackson every week on our podcast. <laughs> and you don't want to miss a single week of it. Uh, uh, so make sure that you join us next week and, uh, and we'll see you around town. All right. Thank you. you bet. Thanks for tuning in to First Things First. We want to invite you to join us for worship this Sunday at First Shallow Water. You can find us at 703 Avenue J in Shallow Water, Texas. Our Sunday morning service starts at 1030 a.m. Click on the link in the description of this episode for more information about our church or if you'd just like to reach out to us. Check out the previous episodes of this podcast. Make sure you do that. We really have had the privilege of hearing some amazing stories. And make sure you check back each week for a new episode. Until then, we'll see you around town.